You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. Uh, Oh, hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. It's been a while. It's rusty. Yeah, it's been a while. Sorry, I've been uh, in lands that uh, internet is but a fable. So I haven't been able to record and or edit and or uh, upload any episodes. But I'm back now. Back on Canadian soil, ready to podcast. So hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. The show where you come to tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji Nagata. I am a part-time classic car enthusiast and uh, full-time, I don't know, world traveler, I guess. It seems like I'm always... You've been a lot of places. Going somewhere for some reason. And with me, as always, is my good friend and too large for a Jaguar, Andrew Patterson. And much to my chagrin, <clears throat> sat in a uh, in a live Jaguar, F-type. and he was just like, "Do not fit in that stomach." <laughs> At the auto show today, with my pops, and uh, yeah, I tried out a lot of cars, and uh, was actually surprised. I've never tried out that many cars in rapid succession, like or at least tried out, sat in. Yeah, and um, you know, over the years, obviously driving cars, driving friends' cars, driving rental cars. Mm-hmm. But like in rapid succession, I was flabbergasted at how many cars were just so uncomfortable for me. And I'm not, I'm like tall, but I'm not that tall. I'm like yeah. six one. It made me think about like these athletes. They're, I mean, their cars are fucking super custom, right. customized. But like, it's like, oh, no wonder so many of these guys drive huge trucks. Cause like, if you're a basketball player, if you're like six foot five, yeah. fucking most of these cars, it would be a non starter. Speaking like of basketball, how about that uh, Anthony Davis guy? He is crazy. Yeah. Like the numbers that he is currently posting are just like fucking blowing yeah, The other mind. night, How's that he like four, 45, 15, 5, and 5 or something? Yeah. He had like 45 points, 15 rebounds, 5 blocks, and 5. St- it was something. It wasn't your typical. It seems so skewed. Like the top 10 players in the NBA are so much better than everybody else. Yeah, man. It's it's definitely crazy. What it's It makes it kind of like. It's kind of fun though when you see somebody that really goes off. A couple of years ago, when Terrence Ross had his fifty-one point game, and he's like, you know, like I like Terrence Ross, but he's not somebody that you really think of as at that level. And then just one game, just the the the, the circumstances were such that he was just like, "Fuck it, man, I'm gonna score over fifty points." Tonight. Yeah, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, this week we are. Uh, what are we doing? All futuristic edition, all sci-fi. Yeah, it's sci-fi, Netflix sci-fi. Yeah. The, this particular episode is is exclusively all it's Netflix. All, all Netflix, all Netflix sci-fi. Um, I I will say before we even get into talking about it, I love science fiction, and I am. I feel like there was a stretch there, where, it was not, that popular. Like, <clears throat> you know, when I was growing up, I feel like there was a lot of science fiction properties for kids. Yeah. And and Star Wars has just always been popular. Star Trek has kind of always been popular. But then like when I was in college, it was like it almost felt like once a year you would get like maybe like moon. I will say year. like from 2005 to say like 2015 or something was just yeah, like it was dead just kinda, space. It was dry. There would yeah. be like a really good indie under the radar film like once a year. Yeah. But then other than that, there wasn't just like for whatever reason, maybe they just hadn't been, you know, put people in seats. But in the last like, yeah, three like three four years yeah. maybe even more it's been fantastic on, on every level because there have been like really good uh you know i don't know i'm just glad there's a lot that have been bad as well but i'm glad to see that it's kind of po- like popular yeah. enough it's bankable enough that people are like exploring those stories well it's, it's i feel like it's one of the only genres left that people are willing to get to the theater for because they want to see like the marvels on the big screen as opposed to just watching it at home on tv yeah, Although both of these that we are uh, talking about today, other than a short run for um, uh, Cloverfield, Cloverfield in, I'm sure, some theater in California, uh, you would not have been able to see it because Netflix screens almost all their films 
for two weeks somewhere so that so it's eligible for the uh, nomination Oscars. Um, so the two, yeah. So the two things are the Cloverfield paradox, yeah, which came out like two weeks ago. Uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, altered carbon. Yeah. <coughs> so let's start with the hidden gem, yeah, which I believe is actually altered carbon. I agree. But but no, but like this, that's I'm pretty sure we went into this thinking that was the hidden gem because Cloverfield Paradox was getting terrible reviews, it had oh, like 14 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is the hidden gem. But uh, yeah, I know that you don't feel that way about it. You think I don't feel that it's a hidden gem? Well, I don't think you feel it's a gem. I don't think no. I okay. Yeah. So just <laughs> before we get into it, though, the show is about uh, oh, stars fucking what's his name from the Killing slash RoboCop slash some other stuff. I love that guy yeah, by the House way. Yeah, cards. He was yeah. a Republican candidate, for right? President in the last two seasons, and uh, it's set in a sort of Blade Runner esque world where um bodies are disposable as long as there's like a chip that they you put in the in the top of your spinal column that essentially like two years old yeah. holds your essence yeah and um can be electronically saved and all this stuff and but then like if your body dies so long as that chip is intact you can put that chip into a new body and then just walk around in that body and be totally still yourself in a new body right and that is sort of the premise of the show a guy wakes up yeah uh, ah. a, a skilled soldier trained in the ways of all of these things who has been asleep for a very long time 250 years who is actually against the whole process of of actually putting consciousness into other bodies to begin with mm -hmm. is has his consciousness put into another body mm -hmm. and is forced by some like rich oligarch to look into his that person's own murder Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, it has all the trappings of, like, say, a Blade Runner or something. It's very noir, like, futuristic noir-esque movie with, like, the femme fatale figures and the, mm -hmm. you know, like, the, the gruff beat cop and mm -hmm. everything that you would expect. Even the the Poe figure is, like... Yeah. Anyway, I really liked it uh, so far. I haven't watched it all, but I, I will say that, like, it isn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but, like... When was the last time you saw a good sci-fi television show? I although I will say that I like Westworld. Yeah, I I, I was just about to say <laughs> that. I will say that I like Westworld, um, and to a lesser extent, the newest Star Trek. Okay, but the newest Star Trek's a little bit too clean. Westworld's probably a better parallel. Mm -hmm. uh, but there aren't many other decent sci-fi shows out. Like there are shows on sci-fi. Yeah, but they kind of seem like a little cheap, a little bit low budget. This one is has its moments, but feels like a more of a production. In my, in my absolutely, eyes. the th <coughs> just to get them out of the way, the three things I don't like about this, mm -hmm. um, you know, expectations, regardless of how frequently we go into things looking for the good, because yeah. this podcast expectations are high for Netflix original shows. Sure, for me at this point, anything that's not cable tv i have a very high i'm like okay well you know they got money so i'm expecting that this to reflect that quality you know like that so let me just ask you this though because i don't know is this actually a netflix netflix original show and i only ask that because i know that oh it must be because all the episodes came out at once because i know that riverdale as an example is a show that in canada is um cw it, but in Canada, it's it's touted as a Netflix original, right? Because it's only available on Netflix. No, I'm pretty sure this is a Netflix original okay. show. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so expectations were high, and I will say that I this is probably one of the rare occasions where I'm further than you and something that we were supposed to, you know, something that we we had on tap. Yeah, I have about thirty minutes, twenty minutes left of the last episode, mm -hmm. and. Uh, the acting there's some of the actors i like 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 you said like i like and yeah. i think that they're they've been amazing in other things it's like one of those situations where the surrounding you know the supporting cast maybe the directing whatever the writing whatever it is the acting is like teeth grittingly bad particularly the the back half of the show like the last third yeah i was like there there's straight up parts that i was like having trouble 
like getting through like i was just like this is fucking so bad and i just wasn't able to turn that off like so, I, it's so weird because i first of all i'm not there yet yeah but so far I, i'm like i can't wait to see what happens next yeah and then the uh, well okay and then the other two things are really one thing but i find the show to be almost like you know how we're talking about like deadpool came in and was successful yeah and then it was like all the studios were like oh this movie was successful because it was R-rated, so let's make a bunch of R-rated movies, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like an excuse to put in... They're like, people want sex and violence, so let's put in more sex and violence. This show is unnecessary... I mean, I know it's... Okay, the other thing, disclaimer, it's based on books, which I haven't read. Okay. Oh, I was wondering that. It and is. I've, uh, it is based on books, and I've heard... I was on a plane coming back from BC, and I was watching an episode, which was a very... Uh, is not a good episode to be watching in a public place, slash in a tight public place like a plane. Yeah. But the guy sitting beside me had seen all of it and read the books and yeah. he said that it, it it is very true to the books in that regard. But to me, I felt like it was it's a needlessly graphic. Needlessly. A lot like, of titties. Not only that, but just the violence and torture and stuff in it. Like, I feel like... We're, so, we're kind of like desensitized to that at this point, though, I think. Well, yeah. That's why it's so crazy. Yeah. So... This brings me to the things I like. What was frustrating to me about this show is yeah. that I feel like I the concept is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like, to your point, like a Blade Runner approach, which is way more subtle and nuanced, would have benefit the a lot of the concepts that are at play. Because it's more than just even the sleeving. There's just really interesting things in almost every episode. But like... All the black market shit, I, th- I was like yeah, very curious Yeah, about. there's so much cool shit. But like, I, it almost seems like the people responsible for producing this mm-hmm. whether it's the author or not like i'm not firing shots here i'm just saying it's like they arrived at the they arrived at creating these cool concepts as a as an excuse to have sex and violence and not the other way around you know like it they're just parts where i'm like okay i get it i get that these people are like you know humanity is doomed it's way in the future it's kind of dystopian we've you know like people live forever bodies are disposable yada 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 but like there's so much torture in the show and like a lot of it, I'm just like, okay, I get fucking get it, you know? And yeah. it comes off of the back of me having just finally watched Sicario. Oh, wow. Where extreme torture is implied. Yeah. Sometimes graphically, but like you don't, they don't show it. And this show just feels well, like... Well, except for like the last scene is like fucking crazy though. Not the last scene, but the... Yeah, but even, even that is done, I would argue, more tastefully than stuff in the show. You know, like... For example, the part in Sicario where Benicio del Toro walks, spoiler alert, walks into that room when he's first kind of revealed that he is maybe not who you think he is and he has the water filter or the jug of filtered water. Yeah. They don't show anything, but you know (laughs) what's about to happen. And then later when he jams his finger into John Berenthal's ear, horrible to watch, but like even that is very visceral. But the show is just like, okay, I'm going to show you literally like 15 minutes of just a guy who's trapped in like virtual reality having his limbs sawed off and stuff. And it's not like a horror show. And I'm just like, But fuck. it's like, see, from my perspective of that, because I did see that episode yeah. already, right? was just like, because it's so, over, it's like hostile or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not at that level of gore, but like, because it's so over the top in my brain, I'm just like, it's disconnected from reality. Like, yeah. the level of it is just like, and the characters doing it, like the fucking guy with the crazy mohawk. And like, it's just like so divorced from reality that it doesn't, sicken me as much as say like um um right no. i don't know yeah i get what you're saying i'm just saying for me it took away from what it could have been because it didn't feel necessary like if it just is if it just desensitizes people you know make something that's more impactful you know like because a lot of these concepts are very nightmarish well, so what i would say is this show is more akin to spartacus than rome I don't know if you've seen either of those. Mm. No, but I, I know enough about both shows to understand the, the reference. Right. So like it, the comparison it, is it, it's less like art and more entertainment. Yeah. I just wanted it to be art because it's such a sick concept. Like yeah. it's amazing. Like I was like, oh man, like there's so many interesting things at play. Like even the, yeah. the, the idea that like in a future where basically immortality is achievable yeah, based on classes that exist today and like the wealthy, like of course the wealthy are going to be able to afford immortality more than like your average Joe on the street. Right. But also people don't die. Like even if you were poor and you lived out like your entire life in theory in this world and died, you wouldn't die. Like your body would die, but Mm -hmm. your, your sleeve as they call them in this would die, but your consciousness would exist 
in this day, you know, like, so yeah. there's, and then the people who are religious, like there's all these great ideas, but a lot of it just kind of like, I got so excited about the ideas at play and yeah. then it would kind of just like veer or just be like, okay, here's like 10 minutes of just like nudity and like gore. And I was just like, fuck, okay. So well, the one thing I will say about the nudity though, that I was like pleasantly surprised about was when people are finished having sex in this show, yeah, they're not covering up in sheets and like walking around and like yeah. doing things that feel unnatural. Yeah, exactly. It was it, like <laughs> I, I watched a scene and I just remember like one of them getting out of bed and just like, I don't know, like answering her phone or something, just like totally naked. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> why, why does this feel weirder to me than, <laughs> than somebody, somebody who's getting like up and roll? Yeah. Wrapping themselves <laughs> in like every sheet in the bed. Like who has ever done that in their life? Nobody. No one has ever done that. <laughs> no. No, you know? it's, it's funny. It's almost as crazy as like the 90s trope of um, film characters like, you know, like when they've had like a crazy bender. Yeah. And then they like, they're like wake up and they don't know where they are. And they like yeah. look beside themselves and they look like, look <laughs> <laughs> under the sheets as if they don't, they couldn't already tell if they were wearing clothes or not. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's what it feels like to me. This at least felt natural in that regard. But yeah, I, I mean, visually it's like, Oh, it's amazing. They invested a lot. There's yeah. a lot of really cool... Yeah, there's just cool shit. And interesting characters. Like, when they go to that place that, like, allows people to fight rare creatures or whatever. Yeah. The one guy who kind of, like, looks like the Joker just, almost. I think they're just like, mute, mutated people. I think they just have customized sleeves. I don't even know well, that they were aliens. Well, no. I didn't. I, I think that one guy was an AI, right? Because didn't Poe... Wasn't he like, yeah, he records everything. Like, I know because I'm in the AI... Oh, I just meant like the peep, the creatures that you're fighting. I think oh. they're just people that like, oh were yeah, in yeah, like custom sleeves that were yeah. like crazy mutants. But absolutely, but I, like yeah, the, guy the guy who runs it, yeah. with his like crazy hair and crazy look, hair, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, there's I, definitely some. Uh, it's an interesting world they built for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there, and it gets. I think if you're into sci-fi though, and you watch the show, you can't. I don't know that you like. It'd be, I would be surprised if, if you weren't entertained by it, you know, like you might not, it might not live up to your expectations, but like, you I'll put it this way, not be entertained. By yeah. It. You've asked the question before. It would be like, Oh, do you find it like compelled? Were you compelled to keep watching? And for all the, the acting and dialogue and delivery annoyances that I have, yeah. you know, I'm 20 minutes away from finishing the show right. and not, and like, you know, I've not finished shows that were supposed, you know, that we were slated to watch to talk about just because right. I, you know, so clearly there's something that's been like pushing me through, but mm -hmm. like, um, it just yeah, could have my, been, my it could have been more, it could have been more. And my only, yeah, my only real issues is just, I think I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like this is pretty rare feedback for me to give, but I just feel it's like needlessly gratuitous. Yeah. That's all. And also the like dialogue slash acting is not where I was hoping it would be. And I mean, those two things are big things, but it's still like, there's still a lot to pull from it and Do i you think, think they'll make more i don't know i actually don't know how most people i've talked to haven't seen it yet mm -hmm. but they're like oh it's on my list and i'm like uh yeah yeah we also watched well i watched only like 25 minutes of it but uh mute the other netflix original the movie with paul rudd and uh um, i don't even know about this no it's another sci-fi mute mute yeah just came out like this past weekend i think is it any good no. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I got a lot of shit. Yeah. To like it's, consume as it is. So. so I guess I would say, watch it, but watch it with that. I mean, I, I think it's worth it just because of the how cool the concept is. But you know, just don't go in expecting like Westworld. <laughs> you know, like in terms of the. Yeah, I think like if you've seen uh, Spartacus. It is Spartacus. It's just like, you know, uh, action and tits and like <laughs> explosions and, and like cool guns. Oh, yeah. You know like what I mean? That gun that shoots that bolt that then comes, comes back. back to the gun. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, all in all, pretty cool, pretty cool movie. Um, TV show, excuse me. Uh, okay. I think maybe on to the next item on the Price is Right, which is... Uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Yes. 
uh, surprise fucking movie drop, like like an album drop, but a movie drop during the Super Bowl. They ran a commercial for it, and they were just like available tonight. Yeah. Oh, it, uh, this was one of those properties that was something that Netflix purchased, right? And then kind of relabeled it. I think this was another. This wasn't originally. They were like, okay, J.J. Abrams, get in on this. It wasn't a. It was. You know, there's this movie that was being its working title was God Particle or whatever, but then they were like, let's make it a Cloverfield movie or something, and got J.J. Abrams involved. So they kind of like shoehorned it into that universe when it started as something completely different, and well, then Netflix. It's almost like, well, okay, hold on, you you go on, and then I'll because I've heard I think we were talking about it. Netflix is currently kind of doing a thing where they're buying up all of these movies and shows that are in limbo, and then like releasing them as Netflix shows because they're kind of taking the approach because of the format that Netflix works in where they're just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall. Yeah. And they know that like 2% of those things stick. It's fine. Cause they're not going to like lose because it's like a subscriber based thing. And people are, you know, like it yeah. kind of allows them to really, exp- you know, find hidden gems, so to speak by just being like, okay, why not? Like how much. And it kind of builds the hype machine, right? Like, yeah, they they bought an ad during the Super Bowl to be like fucking this movie that you didn't even know was coming. Boom, Cloverfield, you know, or like Bright, fucking yeah. Will Smith in a in a non theatrical released fucking big budget film. Yeah, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't even matter at that point if it's any good. Yeah, because because you said like their whole the way that Netflix it's not works. Like you're paying for it. Yeah, as it's a, you're not like oh I got to go pay three ninety nine for this movie. You're, and then, you're a subscriber, so you're just yeah. gonna like check it out. And then you're not gonna be you're not like fuck you. I spent like all this money. Like yeah. you're just like okay, well that wasn't great, but like here's a fucking million other movies <laughs> that I can yeah. watch. Yeah, but uh, I both loved and hated this film a lot. I'll tell you, this is how my experience went. I've really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and then the second it was over. I started thinking about it and each consecutive second from the last scene of the movie, I liked it less and less and less because I was just like, wait a minute, none of that made any fucking sense. And like here, uh, the thing for me with this movie is that uh, my reasons for defending a movie like Prometheus, where there's a lot of random, seemingly random stuff happening is that in that movie to me, they explain there's an explanation for why nothing makes sense. And in a sci-fi movie, you can have things that don't make sense as long as you explain why they don't make sense. Well, and this okay. movie did not have that. Yeah. It just had a bunch of things that didn't make sense. First of all, I'm going to argue that Prometheus made a lot more sense than I at first thought it did. Uh, of course, yeah, t- absolutely. I agree. I just mean like I know that when people first saw that movie, beyond all of the like nitpicking, you know, like people yeah. were like, well, how come like one guy like came back from the dead and was a zombie and one guy got like a creature attacked at like each person. It was like taking different forms and they couldn't seem to like reckon. They, they were like, it doesn't make sense that there are all these random things happening. But like, to me, the the whole point of the movie is that it's this adaptable, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, so there's an overarching thing that explains why shit is so random. Right. This movie did not take the opportunity that it, it was just seemed to be hanging right there to explain so it, it explains some of the things, but not all of them. Yeah. So, like, why? How? Why did the hand know stuff? Yeah. And also, okay, why, so you know, like, really there's quickly, so many things like that. This movie is about a uh, uh, not too distant future in which the energy crisis has taken the world so far by storm that there are people installing rogue energy devices in their house that then potentially cause their house to burn down. Um, yeah. And so a team of scientists is being sent into space onto the space station whose sole purpose is to test this machine that's a particle accelerator particle accelerator that that will generate potentially if the experiment goes well generate a source of energy that that is essentially infinite for the world to use yeah um and so they're up there testing it and then all of a sudden something goes wrong yeah and right before they as they're testing it there's like this seeming conspiracy theorist on a news show on earth talking about what he calls the cloverfield paradox which is this idea that like that conspiracy theorist by the way yeah amazing i don't know if you've ever seen the tv show terriers no. it only had one season no fucking incredible i love that actor he kind of reminds me of the of the dude you know oh yeah okay but, but anyway and this guy's talking about how 
the energy crisis is obviously a crisis. It's pressing, but like he believes that we're playing with things we don't comprehend and that activated like turning on this particle accelerator could potentially basically the same thing with like the Higgs boson or, or the, yeah. you know, like the people are like, it's going to tear a hole in reality. Like, you know, he's talking about well, like, you, you've heard the whole Berenstein bears thing. Yeah. And how like, yeah, it was, it wasn't until the whole Higgs boson got turned on that like maybe now there's a fucking yeah universe that we all remember, <laughs> you know, as being like Berenstein bears, but it's the Berenstein bears. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, he's kind of suggesting, he's implying that it could open like Stain, a portal Baron to hell Stain or, bears, or whatever, me. whatever it could be, right? Yeah. Like that it's, we don't know, we don't understand, thus we shouldn't play with it. Mm-hmm. And of course, this, I'm not even going to say spoiler alert, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they turn it on. Of course it's what happens. And, and the earth disappears and they're like, try, they're like, what the fuck? Like, are, did we travel somewhere else or did we just destroy the earth? Like what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like the best way to sum up this movie is it's like a haunted house in space. Yeah. But, and they use the term paradox very loosely. Mm-hmm. It is similar to altered carbon in that I feel like there's a lot of cool, the reason I enjoyed just watching the movie sent with a couple friends, you know, all the lights off popcorn situation, cue this up just came out. Production value is incredibly high. Yes. Sets are beautiful. You know, like every, you know, there's actors in it that I like. Like it's, it's, you know, we're, it was fun. And it, watching yeah. it, I was definitely, even though in the back of my head, there was parts where like reasoning was screaming, like why that doesn't make sense. But like, I was you're still, just, you're just watching. I it. was along for the ride. Yeah. But then it was just sort of like at the end, <laughs> I was just like, fuck. Like, so let me just tell you the things that I loved about this film. Okay. Uh, First of all, what's that's Chris O'Dowd? Yeah, he's hilarious. Great. Uh, it is the Halloween arm. three <laughs> oh, yeah. of Cloverfield movies for sure, <laughs> because of the you know, like you suggested, they just kind of shoehorned in this this Cloverfield sort of this loose thread to Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. But that's what almost like Twenty One Cloverfield Lane or whatever that movie was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, like either of those movies, you take out the last twenty minutes. Yeah. And it, I like that whole movie. Though. And it's not a Cloverfield movie. No, no, no. I, I mean, right. 21 Cloverfield Lane is like, uh, 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 you know, a thousand times better than this film. Yeah. But I'm just saying that like the way that they've built this franchise, mm-hmm. you it's know, like anthology films, basically. Well, They're so like loosely connected. I, I was saying it is, it is the, uh, I described it to Daryl today as mm-hmm. the black mirror of yeah. films. Um, but I love that. I yeah. love that. Like, I've heard that that was actually the goal. It's like genre. Originally. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, like that. And so this movie, even though it doesn't quite knock it out of the park in this yeah. regard, the the what they were tr- the way they were trying to tie it into the other ones is that the activation of this particle accelerator er, accelerator that fucks up all this shit. Yeah. Explain is like you know, it almost should have been the first movie and then they're telling stories that are just well, unrelated that so, take place in this But what they multiverse say in, where, in this film is like the consequences of turning this thing on may not even be felt now, but could be felt in the past. And I, I yeah. guess that's how they shoehorn in the connection with the first film. Right. Which is, you know, the past. And then I would right. argue 21 Cloverfield Lane is the present. And then this one is the future. So, yeah, there's a couple things. Because people were really trying to... I was, you know, just out of curiosity, reading about the... Uh, so, for example, there's so much in the... Uh, guerrilla campaign marketing campaigns for all for the first two movies anyway that Mm -hmm. that hardcore people have like parsed and figured out all these connections right because for both of these movie for both cloverfield and cloverfield lane a lot of things that described maybe what was happening exist outside of the movie you know in these like sort of viral marketing campaigns that happened before and in some cases after the movie so for example, we know that you know at the end of Cloverfield, people found out there's that the notice that shot where something falls from space into the water. Yeah, uh, just outside of Manhattan, and so people were taking into account that time maybe gets fucked up at the end when they of this movie, yeah. the last shot. That's what we're seeing, right? Even though it doesn't quite line up, because we know that like at the end of Cloverfield when the city's basically destroyed, that's when, and they're on that pier, they're having that flashback to being on that pier. Yeah. It kind of lines up with like this movie, whereas Cloverfield Lane, 
the aliens aren't even the same. It's like a completely, it's like a invasion force, not like these giant things that come out of the ocean. So they're basically just saying like, I guess the way that people are sort of distilling it is saying that like this Cloverfield paradox is why all the things are called Cloverfield. Like the paradox that happens in this movie is what caused to your point in the past the original Cloverfield and like Cloverfield Lane, all of these things are like, and then if they decide to make more movies, it'll all, they may not be directly related. They may not be the same timeline because it's like a multiverse kind of idea, but I hope they do. I, I want it to be like a a, sci-fi version of not even sci-fi because like all these, I mean, I guess they're varying flavors of sci-fi, but like this was definitely sci-fi. Well, this one was, but uh, 21 Cloverfield Lane was not sci-fi up until the end. Right. And the original Cloverfield was kind of sci-fi, but more, I don't know. But anyway, the reason I loved this film as I was watching it, and like I didn't care how nonsensical it was because it was so nonsensical, (laughs) but it felt to me, like it rekindled this thing that I haven't felt in a while. It felt to me like one of those movies that when you went to you know, Blockbuster or something, and the film, you know, on the new release wall, the one that you wanted, it was all gone. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck it. Well, this cover kind of looks cool. Okay, like, let's watch this one. That's what it felt like to me. It was like one of these movies where you're like, okay, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to put it on. And you're like, ah, cool, crazy. Yeah. Right? And Like, as long as you don't think about it too much, it's <laughs> like yeah, a fun watch. It's definitely one of these movies that, like, let's just say that you and I and Daryl and Bennett and Nimit and whoever else was in a room together we were watching this film. It'd be mm-hmm. gr- it'd be a great time. Yeah, be a really good time. There was like a, you know, it it made me initially until things got really crazy. It reminded me of Fringe, like a bunch of episodes of Fringe yeah. all stacked together into a movie. Because there's an episode of Fringe that was kind of about this, about this dimensional crossover where like all these people were stuck in a building. Like in the physically in the walls, like yeah. this building had been displaced, and there was people that had been caught in this dimensional rift where they were like coming out of the walls and stuff. And I like it was, Fringe. Me too. I actually have all of Fringe on <laughs> Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. So the one thing I never understood about that show, to go on a tangent for a second, mm-hmm. is all of a sudden there was a season where there was parallel worlds, mm-hmm. but like it see, and then it seemed to jump into the future. Mm-hmm. It did at the end because the show it was kind of like a boardwalk empire thing where they were like the show's being canceled. So they, the way they did the final season is yeah. they're like this is how it ends by going into the future. Right, but they they didn't like there was no there was no segue into the future. Right, it just like all of a sudden they were in the future. Correct. Yeah, that 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 part I was like. I was watching it and I was like, did I miss some episodes? But that was season, season to season though. or something? What? Yeah. 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 No, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, they didn't. You didn't miss anything. Yeah. That's just how they. No, I've seen them all. Yeah. And I know it was just kind of weird to me. But anyway, I like uh, it. Yeah, me too. But so you were saying there was an episode where they're like in the walls. Yeah. And so the beginning of this, uh, I knew that's where it was going. And I feel like they could have stuck. Whatever. Could have, should have, would have. They could have stuck to that. Like initially that screaming noise. That crazy roaring. Yeah. I hadn't seen anything. Like, I didn't know anything about this movie. Mm-hmm. I just instinctively knew. I was watching this, like, uh, Tom and uh, Burke and Kate and stuff. And I was just like, oh, it's like somebody stuck in the ship. Like, somebody, like, is in the wall. Like, they're going to open this panel. It's not going to be, like, a monster. It's going to be somebody that is, like, impaled in, like, they're stuck in the wall. And obviously, that's exactly what happened. And then, like, there are elements of that. Like, when his arm gets pulled into the thing it was just like the way that they did it was cool when i was watching it but then i was just like what i don't yeah like, what the fuck so i don't understand it it's no, fine well, if he the girl in the wall makes sense yeah but that's what i'm saying yeah, and I yeah. Thought if they had continued i'm saying that like the being like what we know is like physically tangible right. like they could have even done something with the arm but it didn't make sense that when it came back it was like sentient like it was like connected but to another it body. also didn't make sense that the wall was twisting no but i'm just saying like that that was like a cool thing that you were watching where i feel like they could have just with maybe another couple hours in like the the work of workshopping they could have like connected that at least to the because both of those both the person being stuck in the walls and his arm getting sucked in had to do with kind of the same element you know what i mean right right right. but it just like they just took it in this crazy direction and the thing in the guy's body that they eventually that makes it like yeah i agree that there are parts of this where you're just like 
it it felt like it made sense but like that scene as an example where chris o'dowd is like in the engine room and then like things just all of a sudden start to get like magnetic yeah because like but why and you also thought that like the ma- it was just going to impale him yeah but then it like grabs him kind of and the ma- so it's not one directional even though like it, it just didn't really you're like uh yeah there, also, there's like that needless shot where uh, and there's a fight scene towards the end where she sees the arm that's in the container and it looks like it's like, like you, they you wait. You think that she's going to like let it out? Use it. Exactly. And then yeah. It's like going to go, it's like going to fucking, uh, what's that? Cousin it? Not yeah. cousin it. Uh, whatever. Thing. thing from Adam's family. Just like yeah. fucking. You, it, the shot is so, it seems so intentional. Yeah. And then like nothing happens. And, and, and literally everybody I was watching it with, like f- even after that scene, we we're like, is that going to, going to come back like what like yeah. why did they show us that you know um but that's why to me it feels like one of those movies that's just like you know from yeah. the center of the video store where you're yeah. just like oh, i wonder what this is because because and, of and all these like weirdly the humor in it is so weird too like chris o'dowd is funny but like some of the thing like the worms scene and he's just like yeah. oh, found the worms like he just seems completely unfazed <laughs> yeah. by the fact that this just happened yeah. even though everybody was terrified seconds before and it's yeah. kind of like it felt really punchliney like you would expect that in like a men in black movie but like in this you're they're trying to ratchet up the fear and like the tension and then that happens and you're kind of like oh, okay well they, they pretty much destroy i just don't care about that guy anymore like whatever yeah i mean humor in horror movies have a history of somewhat going together, but you have to do it in the right way. Like yeah. get out is the perfect example. Mm. They use the character totally removed from the horror situation to be yeah. able to crack jokes. Yeah. So it didn't take you away from it. It wasn't like yeah. some guy who was in a life or death situation. And then it was just like, once you go black, you never <laughs> go back or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, we- it's, yeah, it's weird. But uh, yeah, like I, s- I'll, I'll say this, like I definitely, did you enjoy it? As a you gotta love it, like I loved wa- the experience of watching it with friends was great. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is sweet. But then like the more basically as soon as the lights came on and we turned it off, I was like, oh that wasn't very good. But you, I really you, had fun watching it yeah, with you guys. You just <laughs> can't think about it. It's um, it's definitely and I also silly. It's it's very old school idea, but I like the idea that like the girl from the other dimension was kind of like the bad guy, like because in her world she was like, oh no, I'm gonna fucking yeah, spoiler by the way, use this. But was she the one initially sabotaging the station? No, right? On in the other worlds, in her dimension, was, in her dimension, she was yeah, she was like a secret, like a double agent. But oh, because I thought the other guy was the saboteur. No, or she what, just I think framed she him. She framed him because when she realized what happened, which mm-hmm. I think she realized before anybody else, like they still in the other dimension, they still had the right. station, right? And they were still trying to do the same thing. I just, I, I like the idea better that she Their wasn't, was ju- she wasn't a saboteur, but then realized these fuckers are going to leave with the ship. Yeah. Can't let you leave. Ne- yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not going to let my world die. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. There's again, like yeah. sci-fi. It's interesting. Cause I think that even, even bad sci-fi movies, they have, they, there's so many interesting concepts. If, if you're the type of person that can like, some people just aren't into it, you know, yeah. you, like, People just even even after so I saw Annihilation last night and I won't talk about it at all because I think you should see it. I think yeah. we should even do an episode about it, frankly, because I think it's going to fly kind of under the radar uh, as a hidden gem. It's like a full theater and just I liked it a lot. Yeah. But the, at the end of the movie, there's just people all around you and it's just like this is going to sound so snotty and arrogant, but it's like one of those situations where the lights came on and there's literally audible like the people in front of us were like they just started laughing and somebody's like, well, you know, like at least we didn't like pay. They used like a, you know, gift card for that or something. And like the people behind me were just like, <sighs> you know, like that kind of thing. And I was just yeah. like, what the fuck is, wait, what do you mean? Like what? First well, of all, I was at a party this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Blade Runner came up and everyone was just like, oh my God, that movie's so boring. And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? I know. That's it, so crazy. It's like it, one of the best movies this <laughs> year. Yeah. And and I think it's like it's 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 that old you know fucking the mainstream versus underground you know like I think most people just I don't know I don't know what it is like a if you're the type of person that is going to be annoyed after you see this movie yeah I feel like you should just like do more research like how do you end up in that movie well if, like but I, I think a lot of people 
it's like film is entertainment. Yeah, I, I get know? that. As opposed to, not that, again, not to sound snobby, because I'm not walking in every movie being like, this is going to be high art mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, I am pleasantly surprised when a movie is artfully done. And I like when I leave the f- theater feeling weird. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I think about that. Yeah. You know, as opposed to like, oh, that was cool. No, I, yeah, I agree. I just, I guess I mean, like, I feel like if you're the type of person that just thinks of film as entertainment, mm-hmm. you'd think, because you're, you know, you're an adult and you've seen probably a lot of films at this point, that your method of determining what movie you're going to the is going to be like a little bit more. The problem like, is, is, is the way that studios cut previews because they want people to sure. come see these films. Yeah. Like Mother is the, is the like ultimate example, right? Yeah, Where I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess I just like, I generally do a lot more. I'm just more into the well, stuff. So I like, mean, clearly we have a show about movies. So yeah. like we, we like movies, but some people are just like, oh, that preview was cool. Let's go, let's go see that yeah, movie. I guess so. So it just like, it was frustrating for me because... I didn't say anything, obviously, but like yeah. it was so full and almost everybody around me yeah. was just like kind of moaning about this film that they just saw. And I do get why they would be moaning, but it also is kind of like, but like, this is good. Stop just like dismissing it and just like, let it, let it just like soak for a little bit. Right. Uh, also, I had the, the benefit of having read the book, uh, even though the movie is not, mm-hmm. it's not adhered to the book at all. It just borrows heavily from it and kind of creates its own story. Um, Anyway, this is like a crazy tangent I went on about Annihilation. But uh, I guess the point was just like the Cloverfield Paradox, Altered Carbon. They have these really um, so much sci-fi, even bad sci-fi, you know, popcorn sci-fi has really interesting concepts that I think are very valuable to think about even. It's just amazing when a movie like Moon or Blade Runner or like Solaris or whatever, you know what I mean? Like is also just a fucking amazing movie. And you're just like, shit. I thought this movie, like... Ex Machina. It, it really got me when um, when they were, when they swapped dimensions. Yeah. And they're, like, looking at the computer logs. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, the log says that you're a fucking traitor. You know? Yeah. And, but not realizing that they're looking at the alternate reality logs. Yeah. I was like, this is great. That, yeah. Like, that right there, I was like, oh, this is sort of, like, misdirection. You don't know who you can trust sort yeah. of situation where... You know, like mentally, everyone has their guns out pointing at everybody else. I'm like, this yeah. is fucking, that's what I want to see. Also, uh, there is some cool original space killing. Like, I've seen a, enough space station or in space, no one can hear you scream type movies to see all of the crazy ways people think of like people dying in the vacuum of space or whatever. But like when that, spoiler alert, there's a part where a person's trapped in the airlock. And it starts flooding. With the water, yeah. And that I was, was like, cool. oh, shit. That, that's like such a nightmare because in one area, like outside you can't breathe, but you also can't breathe inside if you're underwater. Yeah. It seemed like overkill, but then when the thing cracks and it just instantly freezes solid, like yeah. I was like, oh, that yeah. sucks. But also that looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like what a horrible, oof. No, it was. Yeah, it was awful. But um, so yeah, I don't know. I think both of these things are worth checking out. I don't think they're good, but I think that like, you know, in the right circumstances, you could have a lot of fun with them and they'd at least be thought provoking. Some of the ideas in them for sure. I I strongly suggest like Cloverfield Paradox, I think is a right situation type deal. But I think that anyone who's a fan of sci-fi can at least watch Altered Carbon and be like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. You know, Um, recommendations for the week. (sighs) I I'll go first, I guess. Okay, I was uh, going to recommend Annihilation, but we'll probably do an episode about it, so I'm yeah. not going to recommend that. My recommendation for the week is uh, a series of books that I read while I was away. Actually, I've read two of the three of them while I was away, uh, called the Farseer Trilogy. I believe it's a trilogy. Um, the first book is called The Assassin's Apprentice, and it, it takes place in a Game of Thrones-esque world where, um, generally speaking, bastards are killed uh, at birth okay. or, or like not regarded well if they are left alive. Um, and it, this is about a um, king to be. Uh, so, or I, I can't remember the term they use, but they use it over and over again. So there's a, a current king mm-hmm. and the prince uh, who is to su- succeed that king and, mm-hmm. uh, has a a child out of wedlock 
Okay. Not with his wife. And um, years later, the kid is like maybe 12 or 13. Uh, the family that's been caring for him is like, I, I, we can't deal with this child anymore. Um, he's yours now. And just drops him off at the castle, at the keep. And, uh, you know, they don't know what to do with him. And, and the, the king, the current king, in all of his wisdom is like, he has royal blood. Uh, and he might be a bastard, but we can use him. Because because if we welcome in, him into the family like he's royalty, you know, all the other kingdoms or like uh, dukes or whatever will, wel- will have to welcome him into their house. Mm-hmm. And he, he will have unfettered access in a way that... Um, that most people won't have, but because he's a bastard, he's also disposable. We can be like, well, he's not really ours, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So let's fucking train him to be an assassin. Well, crazy. And so he, at like age twelve, is trained to be, uh, you know, a crazy assassin to mix poisons and whatever. And like, it, it, the whole book is just really interesting because, like, especially the conversations that he has with the king. Yeah. He tells him who he wants him to kill or what he wants him to do. Yeah. Without actually telling him what he wants him to do. He'll like brief him on a situation, be like, you know, so there's this there's this uh kingdom way down there that like there's somebody there talking about an uprising and blah blah blah. blah. But he doesn't say he doesn't out and say, Go kill this guy. Yeah. Just like basically like he's like I, it. I don't like this. But he doesn't when he <laughs> goes when he goes to those kingdoms, he doesn't necessarily go and kill them. He just figures out a way to make sure that that doesn't happen. So, like, I think in one situation, he knows that this person who's causing the uprising is madly in love with a woman who doesn't love him. Yeah. And somehow convince, convinces the woman that this guy is the guy of her dreams and that they should run away together. And okay. so he decides to leave his rebellion behind to, like, run away with this girl. You know, and like, yeah, okay. So he's kind of like a fixer as opposed to an cool. assassin he's in a, general. Uh, what's the fucking, what's that show? What, like Ray that? Donovan or yeah, something? Yeah, he's Ray Donovan in a medieval high fantasy. Essentially. Um, it's pretty good though. And then it gets into this whole like, you know, inter-family issue because he's a bastard and one of the king's sons doesn't like him and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's a good book. Um, Cool. I'm going to stick with the, instead of going medieval, I'm sticking with the sci-fi theme. Um, there is a comic that just came out um, that is fucking great. <laughs> it's called uh, Versus. It's, um, uh, I think it, you told me about this. Yeah. It came out not this past week, but the week before, the first issue. Yeah. It's Image. Um, it's the artist, Asad, uh, uh Ribbits, I can never. I, I'm sorry that I just butchered your name, but um, you would be. F- he's he's very prolific. He's done. He's worked on uh, Thor: God of Thunder. He did like the Uncanny X Force, um, the Rick Remender run on on Uncanny X Force. All the covers, those like beautiful painterly covers. Mm-hmm. Um, very talented, unique painterly style. This is like his sort of creator owned comic that he's doing with um uh fucking what is the writer's name? <laughs> the writer's name is uh Nick Klein. Oh, Nick Klein is the painter. But anyway, the point is uh I'll look this up at the end so that I'm not just like totally fucking this up. Mm-hmm. Um Ivan Brandon did the story. It is essentially the storyline which is set up is that it is a future or an alternate dimension. It's a it's a universe wherein war is like a, a televised sport. Whoa. So imagine gladiators mm-hmm. on steroids. Not like gladiators on steroids, but like the idea of like a gladiatorial arena. And um, <clears throat> the setup is basically like you're following this guy, the main character. Yeah. Um, who's got this like exoskeleton suit that gives him extra arms. And he's like, a, he's basically the Michael Jordan of war. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are following him with a squad and it totally just feels like you're following a guy, like it's a war comic. And then right halfway through the battle, they've like killed half the people they, they were meant to kill. And they're like about to win. And this little flying drone robot that looks like it could just be some sort of military device on the battlefield says, 
um, vid error and everybody like stops and looks up and it says delay of war or war delay three minutes and one of the characters just is furious is basically just like losing their mind just like are you fucking kidding me like delay of war like what the fuck is this yeah and then the robot just says like flagrant foul uh like substitution required and like um the the main guy basically just like grabs this this girl and is just like yo like don't worry i got it i'll take it from here and just like this like rock moves and there's like another guy comes onto the field and like in the comic the way that it's it's got it's very design heavy it says like a uh, player with like her name and like this little stat thing like leaving field substitution and the other guy comes in yeah and basically the 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 squad leader guy is just like okay this is where we're at like we got this many people left and so the whole thing is kind of revealed that it's kind of a sport but it's still like real though it's yeah. like a real like uh, so it's it's very tongue-in-cheek in that regard, but this is all just like the first issue, like not even like a trade. Basically, you've come to realize that this battle that is being shown is in the past, and he suffered like a, a debilitating injury. Yeah. And he's just recovering now, and that's kind of when you find out he's kind of like the LeBron James or the Michael Jordan because like the entire galaxy is like what is rooting for him to like get yeah. back out there and start like murdering people. The goat, if you will. Yeah, so it's like a really, really darkly comedic but very interesting concept gorgeous art yeah like it's just fucking beautifully designed too which you can't really say about a lot of comics i think that like other than basic panel layout skills like there's not a lot of comics that like feel design you know what i mean like the covers mm -hmm. the typesetting all that kind of stuff so it's uh i'm really enjoying it and i'll probably actually it's one of the few comics i'll buy issue to issue until it comes out collected because it's pretty great so that's it's called Versus v, yeah. VS like just like the abbreviated Versus um, by Asad Rebeats and uh, Ivan Brandon. Awesome. Out on Image. Check it out. It's great. All right. Well, next week uh, I have a hidden gem for us. I don't know if you've got to you got to love it in mind, but uh, it was recommended to me that we check a check out a movie called My Entire High School is Sinking into the Sea. Okay. Um, never heard of it before it's animated okay uh starring jason schwartzman lena dunham and reggie watts <laughs> whoa yeah okay uh what year is it what year is it that's a good question uh what i can tell you right oh 2016 uh best friends dash and asaf are sophomores at tides high where the author uh where the where they author the entire school newspaper when their editor is, uh, starts offering ASAP solo assignments, Dash's jealousy prompts him to publish a fictitious story about ASAP having erectile dysfunction. Later, <laughs> while rummaging through the school's archives, Dash discovers records indicating that the building isn't up to code. He tries to warn his schoolmates, but after his slanderous attacks on ASAP, nobody believes him. Then it happens. The earthquake sends the school toppling into the Pacific. Okay, sounds crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I, you know what? Also, because we haven't talked about it at all, but I, it's not really doesn't. It's not a hidden gem, or you gotta love it. Yeah. But I really want to talk about Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, I really do. We should we should do that. We'll do that as like, maybe we'll record two in a row. But I uh, think if you, we'll, I'll leave you with that hidden gem, and then we, the yeah. you gotta love it will be a surprise. Cool. All right. Until next time, guys. Keep loving it.